Happy Sabbath. We are in a series called Courageous. It's a series on the book of Daniel, chapters 1 through 7. Daniel chapters 2 through 7 are written in Aramaic, whereas the rest of the book are written in Hebrew. In addition, Daniel chapters 2 to 7 are in the chiastic structure, so chapters 2 and 7 are related, 3 and 6 are connected, chapters 4 and 5 are connected. We have covered chapters 1, 2, and 7 so far. We'll study chapters 3 and 6 today. And then we'll take a break for a couple of weeks, and then we're going to come back to chapters 4 and 5 and close with that. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful Sabbath, Lord. I pray that you bless everyone who are here to worship you and to serve you. Now, Lord, as we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. Daniel chapter 3, verse uh, verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trust in him and defy the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Lomal in the church. Underline, willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any other god except their own god. Today is about being courageous to serve and worship God. The stories from the chapters are very well known. Most of us know them because growing up, we heard these stories countless times. In chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar builds a golden statue. It's supposed to be the image that he has seen in the dream. And this thing is enormous. The Bible says it was 60 cubits. It's kind of interesting to me whenever the Bible says like cubits because, wait a minute, this is supposed to be translated into English, but why are you calling cubits? Nobody uses cubits, right? Does anyone know what 60 cubits is? See, nobody. So 60 cubits is about 90 feet tall, okay? 90 feet tall. So 60 cubits is about 30 yards, which is just about... 90 feet. Um, how, how, how tall is our ceiling? Justin, do you know? Is this about, so if our ceiling is about 45 feet, then, no? Not, not higher? No, yeah. So if, if this is about 30 feet, then it's three times the height of our church ceiling. Okay? So the image that he had built is just gigantic. It's this massive structure. And it's all solid gold. Can you imagine? Solid gold and three times the height of our church building. You know, I was thinking about this. I was like, so if you take a little toe of that image, 
you, you're going to be rich. You know what I mean? All solid gold. And this is the one that he built so that his kingdom would last forever. When King Nebuchadnezzar was thinking, was the, the, the image I saw and the way Daniel explained it was, there was the, the head was gold and, the, and then there's silver and there's bronze and the torso and iron. And he was thinking, if my golden head represents my kingdom, what if I have this statue of whole gold, maybe my kingdom will last forever. So that's what he was thinking. And he got all the important people of his whole entire empire come and worship. So there's one place that he built this statue, all gold, 90 feet tall, and he brought everyone. He had this like band playing. And he said, when the music starts, All you important people, all the governors, all the tribe leaders, all the mayors, you guys, all of you advisors, all kneel down and worship the idol, the statue, the image. If you do not bow down to worship, then I'm going to throw you into a fiery furnace and we're going to kill you by burning you alive. You know, I was reading this story and I was like, wait a minute, where's Daniel in the story? Did you notice that Daniel is again MIA? Like, what, what's happening? Uh, when there was a dream and all the advisors could not interpret the dream, uh, Daniel was missing then too. And here, Daniel is missing again. What's happening here, right? But it's okay because in chapter 6, Daniel is there, and it's all about Daniel. And chapter 6 is pretty much the same story. When Medo-Persia took over Babylon, and King Darius was the king of the Persian Empire, the king signs a decree saying that only the king could be worshipped. Only King Darius could be worshipped. This was a common practice in many ancient superpowers. The pharaohs of Egypt were considered to be gods. Romans considered their emperor Caesar, a family of divine beings. Daniel, knowing that he may be killed, continues to worship his god and gets thrown into, not the fire furnace this time, but into the den of hungry lions. But something extraordinary happens. The king Nebuchadnezzar noticed that they threw three people into the fire furnace, but he saw four people standing in the furnace. They did not burn. They survived. King Darius ran to the Lions then next day to check on Daniel because King King Darius loved Daniel. But to his surprise, the hungry lions did not harm Daniel. Daniel survived. 
The stories we find in chapters 3 and 6 are two separate incidents, but the point of the stories is identical. Anyone can see the deliberate correlation between chapter 3 and chapter 6. Usually I learn these things when I read the commentaries. But this time when I was reading this, I was like, wow, I, I read chapter, chapter 3 and 6 a few times and I saw the correlation right away. These, are, these chapters are, are um, poetically written, telling two separate stories, but point out the one and the same idea. In case point, check this out. There is a kneeling and worshiping. Okay, chapter 3, uh, three friends were to kneel and worship the image. And chapter 6, instead of worshiping, kneeling, Daniel actually, uh, the, the image, Daniel knelt and worshipped God. Uh, people, there are people who conspired against God's people. So in chapter 3, there are several people who came and told the king, guess what, king? There are three Hebrews who are not kneeling and, and, and worshipping. And in chapter 6, there are conspirers who thought, we'll never find any basis for, uh, for charges against this man Daniel. So, so unless, it's got to be something about his God. And they're the ones who got the king to sign the decree. Also, in both stories, um, Daniel's friends get thrown into the fire furnace and Daniel gets thrown into the den of lions. And after they, were, after they survived, when they came out, the Bible said they came out, but they were not scorched. They, uh, their heads were, were fine, um, and their bodies were not harmed at all. And if you look at chapter 6, Daniel came out of the lion's den, and no wound was found on him. So they're making a point that when these people came, came out of the furnace or the lion's den, they were not harmed at all. And there's more. Both chapters talk about the decree that happens. So after all the whole incidents are done, uh, Daniel chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar actually makes a decree. It says, verse 29, it says, Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces. So scary and so violent. Um, pieces and their houses be burned into the piles of rubble for no other God can save in this way. And in the end of chapter 6, after Daniel survived the lions then also, the king Darius, this is verse 25, the king Darius wrote to, one, uh, to all the nations and people of every language in all the earth, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is a living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. So both stories, they survive and after they survive, this different two king, the two kings, they make decree for worshiping and serving God. And lastly, there's more. The end of the chapter, it says, chapter, uh, chapter, chapter 3, verse, 20, uh, verse 30 says, Then the kingdom promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So they got promoted after this whole, whole ordeal. 
Daniel, uh, chapter 6, Daniel also, Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus in Persia. So God's people prevailed for remaining faithful with their God. Two different events, but identical story. Honestly, when you hear these stories, um, how do you feel? Uh, let's talk about the persecution a little bit. Which is better? Or should I say, which is worse? What would you prefer? Would you like to be Daniel's friend and get burned to death? Or would you like to be Daniel and get eaten by lions? What do you want? What would you prefer? You know, sometimes I eat ramyun. Not all the time. It's, it's, it's unhealthy for you. So I don't eat all the time, but sometimes I eat ramyun. Um, once in a blue moon, I would eat ramyun. And when I eat ramyun, what I do is I blow on the noodles like maybe 10 times. <sighs> because it's so hot. I don't want to burn my tongue. And as you know, burning your tongue is like the worst thing that can happen to you. You know what I mean? It's like you suffer for like days. You can't eat food. Right? So I'm like really careful when I eat come down and blowing so many times because I'm so pathetic. <laughs> I don't want to burn my tongue. I don't think I can endure fiery furnace. This week, I was up at Pine Springs Ranch. So I've been going to Pine Springs Ranch three times a year. It's called Journey. It's a prayer re- retreat for pastors, for spiritual formation. So every time I go there, um, for four days, all I do is just, I, I, I just pray and, and um, spend quality time with God. And what they do uh, for lunch is they, in the cafeteria, they prepare all the, the stuff that you can make your own sandwiches. And you're supposed to go into the nature and uh, find your spot and pray and spend quality time with God. So I made my sandwiches and then I was, I was about to go to my spot, okay? And um, some people at the retreat said, oh, Pastor Richard, um, I want to warn you because there has been a mountain lion. There has been a mountain, this is like this week, okay? There has been a mountain lion um, that we've been seeing and usually they don't come out They only come out at night and they don't roam around during the day and they're scared of people. But there's this one, we've noticed that this one is not scared of people and it comes out during the day. And I was thinking, come on. I'm not going to run into a mountain lion. And I thought, if I run into a mountain lion praying, this would be a great story for my sermon. (laughs) Right? Yes, courageous. And um, this picture right here is my prayer spot. Listen, Pine Springs Ranch has this one spot right underneath this beautiful tree. There's a rock. You can't really see the rock because it's in the uh, shade, but um, there's this rock, and the rock is a shape of a chair. So that's been my prayer spot for the last two years. And what I do is I I make my sandwiches, and I sit down on the rock, and I just like eat. Pray, thank you, Jesus, talk to Jesus. It's a wonderful place. This 
picture one more time. I want you to know anyone who goes to PSR, Pine Springs Ranch, and you take a picture of my prayer spot just like this, anyone you send it to me, I'll give you a special prize. Okay? Anytime you go to Pine Springs Ranch, look for Pastor Richard's prayer spot, okay? That is it. Okay, get rid of the picture, please, so that nobody can see it anymore. Now, I was sitting down, eating my lunch, and as soon as I took a bite of my first sandwich, I thought, what if there is a mountain lion? So, So I kind of like looked around and make sure there's like no animal coming close to me. And I took another bite and I looked around. Guess what? Every bite I took, I was absolutely paranoid. And I was looking around every bite I took. I'm so pathetic, huh? I was so scared. Throughout my all three sandwiches, I was completely paranoid. I met, what? One sandwich is not enough, come on. You know, the whole time I was eating, I was thinking, like, I, I, I imagined this, this newspaper headline, a pastor gets killed by a mountain lion. Not praying, eating his sandwiches, you know what I mean? <laughs> Here's the thing. Were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fearless? Were they just special? Because I'll be so scared. Why didn't they just just say to each other, hey, hey, let's just just kneel and bow. I mean, you know, we, we don't have to mean it. God knows our true hearts, right? Let's just let's just kneel down. If I get killed, then who's going to tell other people about God? Right? But they did not compromise. Daniel, easier, right? Daniel could have simply, you know what? It's a little windy today, so today's prayer, I'm just going to close the window. He didn't have to open the window wide open for all people to see. But the thing is, Daniel did that all the time, and Daniel was not going to be stopped by the way of people. Because Daniel did not follow the ways of people. Daniel followed the ways of God. You see? Was Daniel just super... Extraordinary? Not like any of us? They're, they're just courageous people, whereas we're not? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get thrown into the fiery furnace for standing up for their faith. Daniel gets thrown into, into the lion's den for standing firm for his faith. When everyone else worshipped the image and worshipped the king, they stood out for their faith. They remained faithful to God. 
You see, both stories are about serving and worshiping God, even in the face of death. Both stories tell the accounts of people, people of God, who stood up for their faith. How do you stand up for our faith despite the persecution we face? How do we stand firm against persecution? How do we stand out from all others who do not believe? Most of us in the States, all of us, we do not fully understand religious persecution. Most recently, you heard about Sri Lanka last weekend, right? On Easter weekend, several churches were targeted and they were bombed. Now the official death toll reached 360 people. Just for going to, going to church, they were killed. We know that Christians were persecuted in the Bible. We know how the how the 11 disciples were killed for their faith. Persecution is real. But, what does this mean to us who live in the 21st century America? What does this mean to us who live in Loma Linda, California? What does this mean to all of us? You know what? Honestly, most of you who live in Loma Linda, you're going to live for 150 years in this blue zone. You know what I mean? Perhaps we'll never face persecution like Daniel and his friends did. Then what do these stories teach us? This is why I... I want to use the word standing out instead of standing up or standing firm for our faith. I feel like standing out is what we are called to do. These stories teach us that we need to to courageously stand out for our faith. This means we stay faithful to God no matter the circumstances. Even when all my friends stray away from God, I serve and worship my God. Even when my co-workers or patients think Christians are foolish, we share our Jesus every day. Even when my life seems to be headed to darkness, even if my life faces storms, even in the valley of the shadow of death, I remain faithful. Loma Linda Church, are you willing to die for God? Are you willing to, are you willing to die for God? I, I ask myself this question so many times. You know, sometimes I, I go on mission trips and um, we're like driving in this bus together and I, so weird, I think of terrible things like this. I'm thinking like, what if like some, some religious extreme gorillas come and they, 
take all of us and then they, they, want, they want like ransom for, for our group and like I'm the pastor. Um, am I going to be able to like, hey, take me first. You know what I mean? I, seriously, I think about that in mission trips. I do. And I ask myself, am I courageous enough? Can I say I can die for God? I don't know. I can't be certain if I, if I will be able to. But this is what I discovered this week from our chapters. Loma Linda Church. You ready for this? Loma Linda Church. God does not want you to die for God. God wants you to live for God. Are you listening? God doesn't want you to die for God. He wants you to live for Him. All of us are called to live for Him. How did Daniel and friends find that kind of courage? How did they do that? How could they be so fearless? How could they be so courageous? What does it take? Faith obeys God instead of obeying men. They didn't have to think about it. They didn't have to fast about it. They have already resolved to stay faithful since their youth. Remember first, first chapter of Daniel? They've already purposed their heart to live for God. Because they decided to live for God Because they predetermined to live for God, they were able to die for God. If you think about it, only thing they did is they just continued to live for God. And that's that's how they got thrown into the lion's den. And they got thrown into the fire furnace. Loma Linda Church Every day matters. Every day matters. For some reason, as Seventh-day Adventists, we we think about, for some reason, we think about like Daniel Revelation studies and we think about Jacob's tribulation and we think about like how we're going to be persecuted in the future. And we think about this like life where, you know, I'm not really faithful to God right now, but when it counts, when the Jacob's tribulation comes, I'm going to show up and I'm going to die for God. A person who does not live for God each and every day will never die for God. Daniel and his friends, they merely continue to do what they always have been doing each and every day. Loma Linda Church. You and I, we're not called to die for God. We're called to live for God until we die. Live for God until we die. Let us pray. Lord,